A listener question about Jesus becoming sin, name that church body. A lot of church signs and the anti-joke explained on this anti-podcast. Don't worry, it's explained. (laughs) Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to... Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. So, uh, if you guys put the mega, mega crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, passes. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Torturing podcast listeners everywhere. This is Table Talk radio. Pastor, we have listeners everywhere? <laughs> well, once. So we have a listener a in like Oklahoma last week, and then we're hoping for a, a listener in like Alaska this week. You know, one listener every week. Yeah, that's good. You know how it goes. Um, one listener at a time. So I'm Pastor Evan Gigline, and my uh, co-host is Pastor Brian Wolfman. You see how I remember? We realized we hadn't introduced ourselves since like our first episode, and that was like... 400 and something episodes ago. That's right. So we did it this time, and uh, now we don't done. have to for another 400 episodes. Ten more years <laughs> of guessing <laughs> whose voice belongs to who. I mean, I, usually which they... one of us sounds taller. Hey, how do you think that works? I'll bet, who do you think, which, because people, you know, this is what they always say when they meet me. They're like, wow, you're a lot more handsomer in person. I'm not exactly sure that's why. They might say something <laughs> you like, you sound hideous on the radio. Sh- <laughs> You're a, lot, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were, and younger. You or are something. pretty short. Well, take it easy. <laughs> Looking down from above, old Pastor Gagline over there is a tall one. Yeah, you look up to me, don't you? I do. All right, uh, let's look at today's broadcast. After doing some buzzwords, we're going to be doing some emails. Name that church body. Church sign theology. I suppose that also includes some bumper stickers. Maybe, perhaps, maybe. We'll have to see. And if we have time, and that's a big if, the Praise Song Cruncher. So That's a lot to do today. You might be interested in listening to at least half of today's episode. That's right. You don't know if it's the first half or last half. <laughs> Just, Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> you have to guess. All right. Do you have a buzzword for today? Mm-mm. You but don't. I have a game about it because I pulled out my encyclopedic dictionary of cults, sects, and world religions. Nice. So I want you to pick a number. Between 355 and 463. 59. What? That's 355 <laughs> to 400. I have to start listening to you for this game? Okay. Yeah. 400. Okay. Wow. Nice even number. Let me find it. There's a lot on here. Okay. Let's see. Oh, look at this. Glottologus. This is an occult term it's spelled g-l-o-t-t-o-l-o-g-u-s it's an occult term and it means a medium who possesses the ability to speak in unknown tongues mm. lotto logos 
Wow. I, you know, I don't think that'll be hard to work into natural conversation at all. In fact, I was just talking about that the other day. So, um, in fact, I think that was in, even in my sermon yesterday. So, yeah, I think that's pretty sure. How that, that's no Glottologus. <laughs> this is a, that's a weird, this is a kind of a wild book over here. The Glottal, the Dictionary of Cults and Glottologus. Mm, okay. All well, right. so my theological buzzword for you is scripture. Ah, I get that. <laughs> Uh, the scripture uh, refers to those uh, documents in the Holy Bible itself, so uh, the the Old and New Testament, and we regard this then as God's holy word, uh, written by the prophets and apostles as as uh, inspired by God, um, and so the scriptures are uh, inspired, inerrant, infallible, and uh, God has given this to us as His revelation to us to. Um, reveal himself to us, namely in the person of Jesus, that uh, believing in him we would have eternal life. So scriptures. This On this single page here, I have glottologus, gnomes, Gnosticism, goat's head, and goatee, which I am, is a form of black magic. This is a wild page on the dictionary that you chose. Is there any way that I can switch my buzzword to gnome? <laughs> I'm going to use it for next time. Okay. All right. Uh, we should, you know, what we should also should have is the permanent buzzword Goody Warkus. <laughs> it should ongoing. just be twenty points every time you get Goody Warkus in there. All right, just a permanent buzzword. I'm going to wager one hundred Table Talk Radio points that you don't remember to uh, have gnome as your buzzword next week. One hundred. Okay. Here's an email from uh, from Genevieve who lives in Elizabeth Callo. You know what? Forget it, Australia. <laughs> Which is a really these Australian places are really funnily named. Can you imagine if you lived in Elizabeth Callow, you know what, forget it, Australia? I got an email from someone the other day from Kangaroo Flats, Australia. That's also Elizabeth uh, Genevieve, sorry. Genevieve from Elizabeth, Australia writes. Oh, I passed us. This morning on my way to the Orthodontist with my twelve year old daughter, we kept switching radio stations looking for any music. All our regular stations had commercials, which left the nationwide pop Christian station. I wasn't paying that close of attention to what they were singing. My daughter kept asking me, who? Who? I asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm doing my own praise song cruncher. They keep saying, you are with me. You hear my prayers. But they aren't saying who you is. <laughs> Thanks for doing a slightly better than mediocre job teaching my kids to be cautious of what they're consuming in Christian entertainment, even when I'm not. Genevieve, Elizabeth Collar, you know what, forget it, Australia. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, who? <laughs> who are they talking about? <laughs> well, that's actually a good point that uh, Genevieve's daughter brings up. You know, if you're singing about someone being in the presence of or what what was the what was being mentioned in the song did it say uh yeah you listen you're with me you're with me this kind of thing you listen who's who? listening who? um who you know it used to be the but the big criticism of praise songs was that you couldn't tell if they were being sung to god or your girlfriend right and uh and that would, i mean it would it would dispel the mystery if you had something in the song like uh Lord Jesus Christ, crucified for me and risen on the third day, are with me always. Something like that would be like I can't get away singing that to my girlfriend. Hey, 
Who are you calling Jesus? Now, we got another email from Dave in Las Vegas. You remember when we Australia. did that? We, we, you were texting lines from a praise song to oh, Carrie. Don't remind me. <laughs> I think she picked up on it pretty quick, though. I don't. Dave, she did. I mean, She's she, like, what are you? She was, she, was, she was swept off her feet for like the first text. And then, you are the air that I breathe. <laughs> My only hope is to be with you. I mean, maybe if you're more romantic, we could have got away with it. That's right. I, I don't. Mean, that's my problem. <laughs> it uh, wasn't that it was. It wasn't that there was something in the uh, lyrics that were theological. It was just. It was so, like, <laughs> this is so opposite of how I normally am. Like my texts are like, "What time is dinner?" <laughs> That's you the are the thing. air that I breathe. Another praise song, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Even if see. I even if I said something sweet like Valentine's or something. Yeah, yeah. Next time you say, "Hey, I really love you, honey." Oh, what praise song are you looking at this time? I know. I know. I'm I'm on the hook for Valentine's next year. By the way, Carrie says 14 years to no- do nothing for Valentine's Day is enough. Yeah, so. Saint Valentine would not be honored by that. I know. This comes from Dave in Las Vegas, Australia, who writes, Hey, pastors, I saw this blog post today over at Jordan Cooper's Justin Sinners, written by an LCMS layman who takes issue with the CPH book called The Necessary Distinction by Namuichi Masaki. Who, that was uh, my professor. It was also Pastor... Uh, Dr. Masaki was also Professor... Uh, uh, or, or Pastor Flammy's um, uh, advisor for his thesis, you know? So he had a picture of Professor Masaki... And he did a little thought bubble, a little word bubble, who said, I am very disappointed in you, Pastor Flammy. And he had it above his computer. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say he'd, he'd practiced reading it to this picture of Misaki, so he's getting ready for his defense. No, he was, it was there to threaten him. Oh, I see. It was like, it was like how Johann Gerhardt, remember how Johann Gerhardt had a picture of the Catholic theologian Robert Bellarmine in his office? And he, and he would look at it and say... Bellarmine's working. I have to be, too. They were. <laughs> nice. Anywho, back to the email. Anywho, the gist is the question of whether or not Jesus actually became sinful on the cross. Does he become a sinner or just bear our sin? The author of the post warns that some Lutherans are following 30 more than Luther and Scripture. A quote from the book says, quote, The law accused Jesus of blasphemy and sedition. It found him guilty before God of all the sins of the world. Is this true? Christ is a sinner on the cross, or is he somehow simul justus et peccata? Ugh. What do you guys think? Is this big issue or making a mountain out of a molehill? Here's the link to the post. Link. Thanks for keeping it a good work, good work mediocrity. Goody walkus mediocrity. Dave in Las Vegas, Australia. Now, here's the uh, essence of the question is, is it right to say that, I think this is the uh, crux of the thing, is it right to say that Jesus became a sinner? And I think we can, in fact, it's not only right to say that, I think it's, you, you can go even farther and say that Jesus became sin, because this is how St. Paul teaches us to talk in Second Corinthians chapter 5. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the scriptures tell us two things about Jesus and sin. Number one, Coming that he never committed a sin. And number two, that he became sin. 
Th- those are two truths of what we need to be able to confess. All right, let's hash that out on the other side of the break. That was a little rough to answer such a heavy email in just a short amount of time. So we'll be picking that up. If you have a question that you want us to ignore for a few years, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org. You think I'm kidding. Table <laughs> Questions at tabletalkradio.org. You have a slightly higher chance of getting a response if you send it over to our voicemail system. Uh, 1-800-385-SOLA. Have you ever felt like you were all alone in the world? You were probably listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Okay. So are you ready for this? This is an anti-joke. Oh, wait, except for here's the, the drop. From my friend DJ Claude. Uh, Are you ready for this anti-joke? This time, telling knock-knock jokes off-air, Brian says, Wait, I thought we were on. <laughs> a horse walks into a bar. Several of the patrons quickly get up and leave, realizing the potential danger in the situation. <laughs> Uh, uh, what did the farmer say? Here's another anti-joke. What did the farmer say when he lost his tractor? What? Where's my tractor? <laughs> I can see why uh, why you'd go for the anti-joke. <laughs> this is because, good. good. Okay. Because what, did the, what did the do- There's no risk yeah, okay, with the okay. anti-joke, right? I mean, if, right. if someone if says, hey, funny, that's not, not funny, funny. duh, it's yeah, called an anti-joke. That's right. <laughs> Are right, you ready? Here's another one that's just in that same vein. Oh, good. What did the lawyer say to the other lawyer? What? We are both lawyers. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, tuning in to this tragedy. Um, before the break, why you is were, six you, afraid of seven? Here's a here's a oh here's a this is because it's get better. Why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. No, it's not. Numbers aren't sentient and therefore incapable of feeling fear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do this. Um, all right, so before the break, we were taking up an email that asked the question, is it right to say that on the cross Jesus uh, became a sinner? And you affirm that from Paul's writing, that uh, Christ became sin for us, that we would be become the righteousness of God. Now, I think we should remove off the table as oh, soon as man. Pastor Wolfner quits laughing at his own down. anti-jokes. This is not going to get anywhere. Uh, okay, we, okay, only one should, more. Then we, it'll be out of my system oh my with this goodness. one. goodness. What's a vampire's favorite meal? Blood. No, vampires aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go back to the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, back to uh, the okay, show. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, I think we should take off the table the idea that on the cross, Christ was simultaneous et peccator. That is simultaneously saint and sinner. Um, when we refer to that, we're referring to the fact that the Christian who is born into sin. Um, uh, even as he is a Christian, is both at the same time still a sinner and yet uh, a saint of God, and um, that that addresses uh, the the inherited sin that is uh, that that we are born into, something that which Jesus Himself uh, does not 
uh, bear. So Jesus, or I should say that, that Jesus himself isn't born into. So that when we say that the law condemns Jesus on the cross, um, it's the uh, sin of mankind that's imputed to Jesus on the cross, that it condemns him at, in our place as our substitute. Is that fair, right, to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right, anything else so, on this? So, so, and, well, so we do, there is all of these great Luther quotes that talk about how Jesus is David and every adulterer. Jesus is Saul and every murderer. That so that so, so that um, Jesus does take upon himself our our real sin and guilt, but not in a way that he is not in a way that he committed them, but in a way they they are imputed to him, so that he is bearing our sin. He God has played. This is the text. That teaches us this Isaiah fifty three that all of our sins, uh, he bore the iniquity of us all. So Jesus is our, is the one to whom our sin and our guilt is imputed, and he suffers for those things on the cross. This is fundamental to our understanding of the, of the atonement and and the work of Christ on the cross. Now, one of the problems I think of Ferdy, I don't I don't know this whole debate as well as I ought to, because everyone's always fighting about the Ferdy, but apparently it's it's sort of it's been established. Think beyond real question that Ferdy denied the doctrine of the atonement. That is that Christ suffered in our place to appease the wrath of God. Now that's bad. So so that is where Ferdy should be criticized. But the idea that that Christ is that Christ is a sinner in my place is simply the right way of talking. And but it, you're but you're exactly right. That should not be confused with the language of the simul justus et peccator, that we're at the same time Satan center, because Christ is perfect in every way. He never he never committed a sin. We we are sinful all the way down. Uh, we, we Sin is such a deep and profound corruption that we can't escape it. So when we say that Jesus became sin for us, we're not saying that somehow ontologically he changed, that, that the, that the uh, intrinsic makeup of who the person of Jesus was somehow became now a, a sinner. But we're saying just as the sin was laid upon the uh, lamb of slaughter of the Old Testament, so our sins are laid upon Jesus, and then he uh, uh, bears them uh, and the punishment thereof in our place. Is that fair to say? Is that a, mm-hmm. is that a helpful distinction? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's a parallel between the imputation of our sins on Christ and the imputation of his righteousness to us, so just like our sins is on him, uh, so like take take uh, Psalm thirty two. Blesses the man to the, whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. So iniquity also ha- is can be imputed. So our iniquity is imputed to Jesus, and His righteousness, His perfect keeping of the law, is imputed to us. Okay, got it. All right. So I have a I have a church body game to play with you. You ready for this? Yeah. This email was sent to me. Oh, I I probably can't read the email because that would ruin the. Uh, the, uh, the thing here. So, um, okay, I found this church near us, and we were underwhelmed by their website. Well, websites are or can be very underwhelming, especially that they have. We should take that adjective for our own show a little more often. I think so. Table Talk Radio. Especially they have a coffee making workshop featured more prominently than what uh, than the what we believe section, which is hidden away in a sub tab. We thought it might be a fun option for name that church body or church website, crunching or another made-up game. She goes to the website. Thank you, Kristen, for listening in not Australia. 
Uh, There's right. so many people from that little city. Uh, all right. So uh, you know why that joke's funny? Because you're explaining it right now. Because we repeat first, we repeat it. What makes it funnier? Because the more you tell a joke, it gets funnier, and Is then it- you explain it, which also makes jokes funnier. So, by the way, all you as- aspiring joke tellers out there. Here's the two keys to telling jokes. Number one, don't worry about the timing. The key thing is repeating the joke often and then explaining why it's funny. Is there that, a, is there a drop off at that point? Like, okay, uh, you you the repetitions made it funny, but then there's so much repetition that the the funny level goes down. Is that no. is there no no point of that? It just keeps no. going up. It gets better and better. Mm. Yeah, it's like inflation. It just keeps going. Okay, You're right. All right. I mean, just let me just, to prove the point, Table Talk Radio. I mean, every episode has the same jokes, and every time they are funnier. Because every time you think they can't possibly make the same joke again. Not Australia. It wasn't even that funny the first time. And yet, <laughs> we would, like, with impunity, continue to repeat these things. Well, and, you know, and I, and I was trying to help Kristen out because um, she wrote this directly to me. And... I was trying to help her out to not ascribe every every listener who writes in to Australia, whereas anyone wh- whose emails you read, they're automatically from Australia. So I was just trying to help her out. Like this, this person is there not be from a, Australia. There would be a thing that uh, if I actually could do another accent, and then we could have more. Our yeah. listeners could be from more places. Yeah. All right, let's let's take a look at this website. So there are nine categories for you to choose from. Okay, so we're playing Name That Church Body? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Okay. All right, so here are the nine categories. God, people, grace, Bible, creation, purpose, community, rules, Lutheran. <laughs> huh, what if they're a Lutheran? Unless it's like, I hate those Lutherans. <laughs> yeah. Just so everybody knows. Let's go with Bible, because this is one of the key things. There's like... There's a, you know, it's three-dimensional how we categorize the different denominations now. And so one of the big divisions, one of the chief ones, is how you view the Bible, if you view it as the infallible Word of God or if you view it as not that. So this will be helpful. All right. It says, uh, God directed every word in the Bible to be exactly as he wanted it. We base our teachings then on God's truth, not our own interpretations. Hmm. Interesting. That's it? That's it. You get two wow, sentences they got, under... They got right to the point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so read it again. Oh, I just closed it. All right. It takes like three seconds. Oh, here we go. God directed every word in the Bible to be exactly as he wanted it. We base our teachings then on God's truth, not our own interpretations. Well, that sounds all right, I guess. Every word... That's the what we call the verbal plenary, even the... the uh, Verbal plenary inspiration of God, so that the words and all the words are are given by God, and I think that sounds pretty. I'm interested in this line that says that we base it on God's truth, not our own interpretations. I like um, that. It it that's like a clarity and sufficiency argument. I think I was going to be a little critical of it. Oh, is that okay? Well, you, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I ahead. mean, it, it's not as if. I mean, I, I suppose this phrase of our own interpretation is if it's a, an interpretation that we come up with ourselves. But interpretation isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, we in, we interpret the Bible. It'll either be a good interpretation or a bad interpretation. And I suppose uh, may, maybe the maybe the point they're making then is our interpretation is not just ours, but it's the one that 
God has for us in his truth. I suppose yeah. that might be a... I think that it seems to me like they're fighting against this idea, well, that's just your interpretation, and then this someone says, well, this is my interpretation. We want to say, look, the Bible doesn't need interpreting, it just needs to be, it needs confessing. Right, right. Okay, well, um, we have about 30 seconds left. Do you have any other thoughts before we go to break? No, let's go to break. I want to listen to some more DJ Quads. That's the best part of the break. All right, well, let's take a is break. Is that this? No. Oh, yeah, don't, oh, don't you recognize? Man. This is where this? DJ Quads ran out. <laughs> I thought by stalling the start of the show, (laughs) I'd get some more DJ Quad bumps in there. Nope. Nope, sorry. Why don't you send me a few of them? Send me me your your favorites. All right. All right, we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio. And name that church body right after this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Serious Theology. Seriously, bad hosts. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. And miss out on that bump? Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. So Pastor Wolfmuller is trying to figure out the church body of the website I'm reading from so far he has picked the term Bible, which simply said God directed every word in the Bible to be exactly as he wanted it. We base our teachings then on God's truth, not our own interpretations. Uh, we should also say not on our own translations, too. So every word exactly as he wanted it in the original language, I suppose, could be another yeah. clarification. Maybe well, a reason to have more than two sentences on your What We Believe page. Try to, it's like... It's like theology by haiku. <laughs> like, well, it's right, but you know, there's not a lot of words there to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So. All right, do you want your nine categories again? Yeah, uh, I wanted. The, so that was the one on the scripture, right? Uh, Bible, and I caught your buzzword, so you get ah, four table talk radio points. Do they have one on Goody Warkus? Uh, nope. Another four table talk radio points for you. That's okay. a total of eight. How about <laughs> let's see what they say about? Uh, do they have a salvation one? Uh, they have grace. All right, that sounds good. All right, ready? Mm. In undeserved love, God sacrificed his son in our place. Through this gift, God forgives us all. Again, it's like a theological haiku. <laughs> I suppose it's right, but it's like what? It's like you have... Well, I, I like that it says, un, you know, God's undeserved love, right? So... Yeah. So that's the at least getting grace on the right track. Uh, yeah. Opposed to how the reformers dealt with Rome's view of grace, right? But that's yeah, that's right. Uh, so grace is a, is a, is the posture of God towards us. I mean, I think everything was right in there. I'm trying to figure out like why they why they want to say it that way. You know what I mean? Trying to get into the into the psychology behind the thing. 
Um, it is like they're being charged for words. Like a, it's like a newspaper obituary, you know. This, this way, they can they can easily tweet their "What We Believe" page. Say it fast. <laughs> Did, what? Who was that that gave the sermon advice? That the best sermon you gotta you gotta uh, have a good beginning and a good end, and keep them as close together as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a. That's, that sounds like something. Uh, that guy who wrote Huckleberry Finn would say, Mark Twain. Mm. Uh, I don't. I need some more. So, what do they say about the Lutherans? Oh, this is the longest one. Hmm. All right. We call ourselves Lutheran to emphasize our faith is focused on— Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to guess this is a Lutheran church. Okay, I think you have to be more specific than that. Anyway, we call ourselves Lutheran to emphasize our faith is focused on God's undeserved love explained in the Bible. Faith, grace, and the Bible were all key functions in the Lutheran Reformation. Functions? Or sorry, I misread that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out. Foundations. That didn't okay. make sense, did it? All key foundations in the Lutheran Reformation. Uh, we are part of the Lutheran church body called... Which has 1,200-plus congregations in the USA, That's missions in 20-plus countries, and its partner with 32 other world Lutheran church bodies. Okay. Huh. Pretty wordy. Well, that, okay, so yeah, that is a little bit wordy. They, <laughs> they went from the haiku to the sonnet. I think uh, the interesting thing here is in, you get the fe- do you get the feeling that this website is like uh, they, what they want I, I think there's something okay here. They want to avoid the old formulas of talking, so they want to avoid the cliches or the kind of the what do we call the cliches now is dog whistles. So they want to avoid like the theological dog whistles, and they're going to say things new. But it seems like they're trying a little bit. So when it comes to the Lutheran, like, well, we're, we want to be the, we want to be we want to be honest about who we are, but we're there's like there's a little pride and a little shame. They're all kind of mixed up together. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but that's how I I hear that. And I, so I know just because of the numbers, it's not the it's not the Missouri Senator, the ELCA, the number twelve thousand. It's got to be one of these. Sort of mid-size Lutheran groups, probably the ELS or the Wells or the like AALC. I don't know how many of those congregations those have because all the other. Then you have all these little micro synods, which have like three congregations. <laughs> um, so it's got to be one of those mid-range Lutheran churches. I it's an interesting thing. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna guess. Um, I mean, the one that makes sense is Wisconsin Synod. I don't, but here's the thing. I don't think that there's anything, like anything in that answer. I, the answer was fine. I think those, what we believe, it was fine. I'll give you one more if you want it. Yeah, sure. All right. You, you have God, people, you already did grace, you already did Bible, creation, purpose, community, rules. Rules. Let's do rules. That sounds like a fun thing to think about. God's grace surrounds us. Our lives are not about following rules, but living out our gratitude to God for the spiritual freedom he gives us. Oh. Huh. That's like the anti-rule rule. That's like my (laughs) anti-joke. God's grace means there's not that many rules. We follow God's grace. That's kind of... I mean, that could be an antinomian sort of thing, but it's again. It, it sounds like so. It sounds like whoever wrote this is, is in some ways sort of apologizing for. Uh, do you do you, do you pick up on that? What I'm picking up on? There's this like subtle 
Like, I, I could just tell you what we believe, like everybody else always says what we believe, but we're going to do it different here. We're going to... Um, what's like that, that called? Uh, not seeker sensitive, but uh, accessible or yeah. along those along those yeah, lines. Yeah, something like that. Dumbing it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. So I don't think it's wrong, but it's like I, I'm not sure. I, I think this. I, I there's I, a risk I, in being so basic that you don't actually communicate the meat of what you need to. Yeah, there's that. Which was the criticism from the get go, right? I mean, uh, Kristen wrote in and said they've got more about their coffee ministry than they do their we believe thing on their website so i think this is going to be wisconsin synod uh, what is the wisconsin synod evangelical wait how did they say <laughs> well wisconsin evangelical lutheran synod. the whistler <laughs> you're correct so i'll give you another four table talk radio points oh man what am i gonna do with all these points <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's great. All right. Well, thank you for that submission to our email. And now we're going to do a little bit of church sign theology. Hey, don't you want to do pick the name that church body from me? Okay, go. I got uh, this dictionary out, so you got to pick a number between 1 and 300 and something. 330. 500 and... Oh, um... <laughs> how about 237? Oh, man, I was hoping you said... 242, because that's the entrance for Rosicrucianism. I was just talking about that the other day. What, right. did you, what did you say? What page? 237, I think. Oh, we've had this one before. See if you remember. This is a movement defined by black nationalism combined with a distinctive theology that advances the idea of the supremacy of the African peoples and the black race. This joins the ranks of other groups that are informed by race and ethnicity. The story of these guys is the story of the black nationalist movement that began in the 1920s and 30s. Marcus Garvey was a prominent leader of this movement, born in Jamaica in 1914, and founded the Universal Negro Improvement Association and the African Communities League. Garvey's mission was to bring blacks into a consciousness of their own sense of history, self-esteem, and destiny. Let me get to the theology here. Teachings. Some believe that... Oh, this was... was, 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 was. Though whites are not necessarily inferior to blacks, these guys believe that the white race emerged from an ancient wicked civilization devoid of a spiritual dimension to life, and that the very existence of the white race is unnatural. This notion was advanced in extreme form by the world community of Ali Islam in the West. This group insisted that the black race was indeed superior race and was destined to conquer and rule over all the other races, especially the whites. The basic belief of these guys is summarized by Howell in the follows. In the following, hatred of the white race, superior to the black race, revenge of the white race and for its wickedness, negation, persecution, and humiliation of the Jamaican government and all legal bodies of Jamaica, preparation to return to Africa, acknowledgement of Selassie as the supreme being. Wow. <laughs> That's all you have to say? I can read some more. I thought I lost you. Um... It says here, no respect of persons because of wealth, title, or anything else. A This thing is motivated in all things because of love for the truth. This last point, the encyclopedia says, strikes a similar chord with the teaching of Jesus Christ. Jesus declared that truth is the key to freedom, John 8. But the sharp contrast between this and Christianity lies with what each contends the truth to be. For these guys, truth is embodied in the person of Ras Tuf Ari Makoman. 
It is he who, even in death, is looked on as being the savior of the black race. Uh, I have, I have really no idea. I, I do vaguely remember us doing this before, but I apparently didn't log it away into the old gray cells. Um, uh, so uh, what is uh, Black Panthers? <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't <laughs> that the name of the movie? Uh, Rastafarians, named after the person Ross Tafari Makonen. That probably should have been a hint. That should have been a dog whistle. That's a dog whistle. <laughs> I didn't know this about the Rastafarians. I just, I mean, I don't know. I like to listen to the Bob Marley. Now I'm, I think I'm being evangelized. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, maybe so. All right, well, when we get back from this break, then we'll be doing some church signs. I don't think, I'm just going to go on a limb. I don't think we're going to have time for any praise song crunching today. I'm just uh, putting it up there. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you can chew through these church signs pretty quickly. But we got uh, some bumper stickers, too, so we might as well hit the voicemail system. So uh, stay tuned. More uh, Table Talk Radio right after this. Of course, we love to get your praise songs, your church signs, your bumper stickers, your uh, church bodies, your... Uh, diagnosis lists, your favorite Calvinist blogs, all of that. You can send it to us at questions at tabletalkradio.org. They'll be in safekeeping in our inbox. Don't worry, it won't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. I got such a long list of favorite Calvinist blogs. Table Talk Radio. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. I'm going to enjoy this this bump right here, this bump, in the hopes that it'll be the last time I get to enjoy it. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where we're doing some church signs and listening to your voicemails. You know, like, it's a bucket list. It's like... Hey, do you know much about the providence of Arkansas in Australia? Arkansas, Australia? I just wonder. People sound like Americans down there. Oh, really? Let's see. see. Hi, this is David in Arkansas. I've got a church sign (laughs) for you. You can hardly hear his Australian accent. Be an organ donor. Give your heart to Jesus. Oh, so Rowan. many levels we could talk about this. Uh, also, Rowan. we should first start start talking about the pun factor. You want to yeah. tackle favorite. it on that one? Pun. Yeah. It's like evangelizing the world by puns. Mm-hmm. It's kind of worn out. I'm tired of talking about that. Donor. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> you know why that's funny? Because I never get tired of talking about anything. All right. See, then, see what, then what about there? what about give your heart to Jesus? That's a well. It's a, you remember that part in the uh, the old book called what is that Bo Geert's book called? The Hammer oh, of God. Hammer God. Yeah, yeah. And there's the scene where the guy, the young pietist pastor guy, wants to talk to the old pastor. And he says, "Well, don't you?" And he's talking about what it means to be a real Christian. And he says, "Don't you have to give your heart to Jesus?" And he says, "Your heart." What would Jesus want with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the, it's like, oh, give your heart to Jesus. It's like uh, it's like the person that brings you a gift of dog poop. It's like, well, uh, I guess. <laughs> or the, a dirty diaper. I have a few of those. I oh, could, you uh, do, yeah? Really? I could send to you as, as an illustration if it would help. <laughs> Thank you so much for the gift. I mean, I guess the, I appreciate the sentiment, but what does Jesus want with that dirty old nasty? <laughs> 
There's and he some says newsies. this guy goes on to <laughs> Jesus walks along the he walks along the the road and he sees a dirty tin can and he pokes it with his stick and he brings it home and he puts it on the mantle. Hmm. So it's not that we give our hearts to Jesus. Jesus just takes us up. He takes up our everything. He grabs it. And he says, now this belongs, I got you now. And it's, this is, it's one of the, the, the differences between the gospel and the almost gospel. And that is that in the almost gospel, we're giving our hearts to Jesus. But in the gospel, Jesus is giving his heart and his, and his life for us. And, and he, he just takes us up in this mercy. So Wow. Ah, good stuff. All right, we've got another one from the province of Arkansas in Australia. Hi, this is David in Arkansas. I've got a church sign for you. This one says, Jesus scored an eternal touchdown on Calvary. Oh, man. I now, I'm I putting going to that church on my bucket list because <laughs> that's such a compelling. I mean, poor church sign guys, you know. What are they, they I mean, everyone's like, hey, go and say something stupid on the sign that everyone will chuckle with and I don't know. Okay, what did it say? Sorry. Uh, I'm a bit jaded over the... Jesus uh, scored an eternal touchdown for salvation or something what like that. What does that mean? I'm guessing this probably was around on the weekend of the Super Bowl or something like you that. Think, so yeah, you're trying to, you know, reach out to the relevant. culture. It's yeah, yeah. relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are driving around like, hey, I wonder who scored an eternal touchdown. And then they drive by the sign like, oh, Jesus did. I was wondering that. Well, I mean, the, the other thing is, okay, so Jesus is certainly um, one that we need, right? I mean, but Jesus comes to solve a problem. And of course, biblically speaking, our problem is sin, that we deserve God's wrath because of our transgressions against the Holy God. And what Jesus then brings us is the forgiveness of sins, and he takes that wrath of of God upon himself and in our place our substitution and gives us his righteousness i mean that's that's the solution to the problem of our sin and then you come along to this church and it says god scores a touchdown for you and was i needing a touchdown and what what problem does that actually solve what is jesus actually doing for me i mean is, did i have a grave need of more touchdowns in my life that i i mean maybe if you're a broncos fan <laughs> He needs some more touchdowns. There it is. But there it is. <laughs> All, so it's the, this is the thing. It's like in our in our eternal quest to be relevant, you make yourself completely irrelevant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's part part of the problem is that you know the, the the church sign and the bumper sticker is an easy target because I mean you can't have that high expectations for these things to begin with. It's like the haiku theology thing i mean how much how much are you going to give us in three lines explain your doctrine of the bible in three lines or less i mean how how far are you going to get well i wonder i don't know poor poor church sign guy you know he's probably listening he's like what do you guys expect (laughs) (laughs) well i wonder if you'll if you'll like this one then because this one avoids the puns you know it it's almost the church guy this sorry the church sign guy that's saying you know What's the point? Let's just do it. So here's the sign from Theodore Street Evangelical Lutheran Church, which says, blah, 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 just come to church. Go Hawks, 9.30 a.m. I do like that, actually. <laughs> Who are the Hawks? Who knows? Go uh, Hawks. Go Theodore Street Evangelical Lutheran Church. There you go. Blah, 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 just come to church. <laughs> <laughs> that, Except for the Go Hawks thing kind of. 
Yeah. Maybe I that mean, is kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it could be like a local high school that went to state or something like that. You know how? Yeah, how yeah. Small communities are. So that's something. Uh, got another one for you. <laughs> Zion Lutheran Church. Wow, these Lutherans. Uh, yeah, these Lutherans. Uh, says you're invited. Lent is coming. Get your ash in church. <laughs> Now that is That's not a really little that funny. Good. Come on, it's funny. <laughs> if the point was just to be funny, <laughs> yeah. like how can we? Our how can we use a not bad the word wasn't on the high enough. Sign. This one reaches the mark. <laughs> That's right. Finally, some guy who's who's not who's using a sort of bad word. <sighs> can a church say? Can a church say ash? <laughs> Is that legal? That's what my son da- uh, Isaac always wants to know about. Damn, you know, mm. if how it, when is it appropriate to use the when does damn become a bad word and when does it become not? a Hey, bad you word? know when the you know what the fish said when it hit the the wall? <laughs> fish don't talk. <laughs> oh. Now why is that funny? <laughs> That's funny because everyone knew the punch. That's the the reason why a joke is funny is because you're not expecting <laughs> the punchline, and everyone knew the punchline. And then instead of saying the punchline that was the unexpected expected, we said the anti joke. I guess you're right. And it, then we explained. It does get <laughs> it does get funnier the more you do it. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I don't think that. This, by the way, I'm this. This offends my uh, piety because I do. I, you know, this is one of the things that that gets to me. I think uh, just as far as as the language that we use, not only in in theological conversation but in everyday conversation, ought to be sanctified. And um, and I think we're sometimes a little bit loose on this. We we just let ourselves be taken over. By, by foul language, and I think people say, well, what commandment is it? And normally it's the sixth commandment, is that potty words are normally potty words. They're normally explicit language, and so we have to watch out for that uh, in our Christian thing. And so this sort of like, hey, look at how funny we can be because we're going to use... I, I just, I'm not a fan. Not I am a fan of humor. I'm not a fan of this humor. You're not a fan of, of puns of of potty words. Yeah, right. Okay. All right, uh, here's one. Uh, Where did it go in my tabs here? Got too many tabs. Okay. I got this one. The Saint, All Saints Anglican? Yeah, that's the one. Go ahead. One church, one community, Sunday service. By the way, just before we get to the church sign, see how it says one church, one community, then Sunday service, eight and (laughs) ten? Seems like you just have one service at this. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, It says, absolutely way too hot to keep changing sign. Sin bad, Jesus good, details inside. It's kind of good. Actually, it's just like. detail inside. De- oh, yeah, detail. is one detail. Just one, one detail. One church, <laughs> one community, one detail inside. Uh, I wonder. It gets to the point, isn't it? It does. It does. Um, okay, so sin bad. It remi- you know, this, this, sign, it, this sign reminds you that there's a person behind the church sign, an actual person who has to go outside of with letters like is. in a little box. It reminds me of the humanity of the church sign changer, which a reminds me empathy. we should not be too harsh. A little empathy for the church right. sign changer. That's yeah. right. 
It's too um, hot. It is pretty hot for changing church signs. Changing church signs. Sinbad, that's true. That's a truth. I think the, the common thread of these church signs is that uh, church sign guys are getting a little lazy. <laughs> Well, blah blah blah. blah. I mean, this church. is I. It's a. It's like the government, you know. It's better <laughs> when it doesn't do anything. So the church sign guy. It's just, just leave it there. How about just put the time that church service is. That makes sense. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. We have about a. Well, we're actually kind of out of time. What? I know. What are you talking about? Time goes by fast. Here's one more. That, Here's a quick you, one. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's loading. It says, honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. I've seen that one before. Ha, ha, ha. I've seen Do it They, think a, they actually want people sticker. to die? Answer no. I don't think they really want people to die. They're just being obnoxious. It's kind of a weird church sign. I mean, it's one thing for a bumper sticker, but a church sign. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Here's well, another one. It says, love wins. St. John Lutheran Church. Love wins. What do you think about that? Well... That's, of course, the name of a book that was a disaster in doctrine, so I don't know about that. All right, thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the, where the points are all the wisdom you get when you consult your glottologus. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table all the glottologi out there are like, it's glottologus. before listening to <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include You're offending all of our glottologi. Except for their tests, they're saying it like this. That reminds me of a joke. You know the medium that speaks different languages? What do you call a clairvoyant little person that escaped from jail? A small medium at large.